Welcome to Bite Me Podcast, episode 131. Normally you are used to the sweet, sweet voice of Adam West here, and I'm sorry, instead you just got the kind of okay voice of Cliff Johnson. But, but, I brought someone with. His name? The Dylan. The Dylan. Back at it. Adam is very, very, very busy. He's got a, like... I think this is all I need to say, and most people understand, is Adam has to make a PowerPoint and then make a presentation based on that PowerPoint, and nobody wants to have to do that. Nobody. Yeah. It's in front of all sorts of, like, powerful and important people, and uh, it's keeping Adam pretty busy because he has to do that in addition to doing his actual day-to-day job. So, no Adam this week. Maybe no Adam next week. We'll see. See how busy he is. Uh, But you've got us, and that's enough, right? Better be. It better be. Uh, so today we're going to talk about what we've been playing. I've got a game that I cannot wait to talk about. I'll be completely honest. Uh, but we're also going to talk about how Borderlands 2 might be getting some DLC, even though Borderlands 2 came out, what, like five years ago, six years ago? Yeah. Ubisoft might be launching a subscription service. Um, Death Stranding gets a release date. We can argue about that. Uh, PlayStation... Uh, the PlayStation Hit Journey is coming to the PC next week. Uh, Konami announces the Contra Anniversary Collection. Uh, and is this a super late April Fool's joke? There's there's some Pokemon news that I just... I'm not a Pokemon guy, which is fine, but I don't get this at all. Super weird. Uh, then, of course, we have questions from Vinny, Eddie Spaghetti, Joe Coleslaw, Angel Girl, Turned Down for What, Man Socks, hopefully a couple of cheap free games, and even a small bite. I'm hoping that there are more cheap free games before this finishes. Like, I'm going to keep refreshing. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, let's start out with what we are playing. Dylan, what are you playing? I started playing Diablo for the first time, specifically Diablo 3, and uh, I think you know where this is going. It's so good. Um, I guess my life has changed. Um, It's just, it's an addiction, I think. Right? It's it's got kind of that civilization kind of thing where you're like, no, I could just just go a little further. Just do one more. I just just got to get through this dungeon. I just need to go back to town and return my stuff, and then... And then I'll I'll go to bed, but I gotta go back through my portal so I don't lose my progress. Oh man, there's just this next room. I'm gonna clear out this room and then I'll stop. But then there's this other room after that. And I got some better gear, and I should equip that better gear before I stop, so I yeah, don't have to I do really, it next time. I really want to test this loadout, uh, make sure I like it before I forget about it, and then forget what I had done before. You know, just Ex- it's so and bad. I'll. All of a sudden, you're five levels deep in hell, and yeah. uh, you're fighting literally the devil. Well, this act om- is has to be almost over. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just so much fun. Um, I played Torchlight the first one briefly, and I I mean I loved that. Now playing this, it's like oh, it's, it's so good. Um, yeah. And I guess I missed the uh, the snafu upon release of this game, and I know there's some people that will argue that it's not good or their advice is to return the game and i don't like it's fun to me i don't i i think comparing games sometimes to them their own predecessor is not always the the right thing to do yeah and from what i put together it's like they've made good advances in the game while maybe that straight away from what was enjoyable about it and its original 
self i don't i don't know but what this game offers me is exactly what i want in a game um and i can see myself uh wanting to have a couple different characters that i can kind of just keep looting and seeing what kind of cool stuff i can get which uh which uh character are you playing as i'm playing the barbarian which is generally what i do in games first um i don't know i don't know why necessarily i think I think with a barbarian, you know what you're getting. Like, you right. know that you're going to have big swords, hopefully two big swords. Yeah. Um, you're going to be able to just, you're going to be able to tank, especially playing single player. Like, you're going to be able to just tank through a ton of bad guys. Right. Um, I will say, though, like, my kid played it with me, and I can't remember what the class is. Um, but they have like a jar of spiders as their weapon, okay. which is literally the most terrifying thing in the is entire that like the world. Witch doctor? Yeah, it was the it was the witch okay. doctor. Yeah, and it was literally like spiders. I'm like ah, so I, I I really Diablo Man for me was was such a great game. Um, I've owned three copies of Diablo three, so we got to be doing something right. Yeah, cool. Anything else? Um, I mean, that's kind of consumed my life, and I've only literally only been playing it for like two and a half days. Um, we should we should get together and play it online because it's yeah. fun with a bunch of people. Yeah, I, I think I, I was talking to Vinny about it, and he he had played it before, so probably has a leveled up character. And I was like, yeah, let's just like, yeah, if you ever want to just jump in, I'd like to see what that's kind of like. I think that that does definitely sound like a good time. It's really um, to, fun. to to loot with friends. Um, other than that, um, I mean, I've been playing a lot of Overwatch and Sea of Thieves is, sure. as per usual. And uh, any Overwatch players, we're, we moved the night to tonight this week, so Wednesday. But Because oh. um, literally I was the only person like ready to play yesterday. Everyone else was tired or not home or... I mean, in Hans's defense, he did do like a three-day whirlwind tour of Walt Disney World, right. and he normally lives in the Midwest, so you know, I, I think he had an excuse. I definitely don't blame him, but um, we'll see if he makes it tonight. I don't know if he hasn't said anything, so maybe he's still sleeping. Mm. Uh, that's I'm, I'll see if I can hop on. Like I got some work to finish, but I would definitely like to play some Overwatch. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, for people that like Sea of Thieves, or maybe that people that think they might like Sea of Thieves too, um, Dylan and I and Vinny actually this weekend recorded a Sea of Thieves podcast and ran all the way from essentially release all the way through the anniversary update. So talking about all the different ways the games have changed, all the new. Um, different challenges that have been released and all the different new storylines have been released. Um, it was really fun. Um, it's probably an hour and 20 minutes long, just like full of sea of these information. And I have never wanted to get back into sea of these more. So that was a, uh, a bite me DLC release. So if you, if you don't subscribe to bite me DLC, like maybe you'd like to, cause there's some fun stuff over there, but you can actually just go to bite me podcast.com and grab that too and listen to it. So check that out. Cause that was, that was a lot of fun to, to record. It only had like half a Dylan because he, he was only there through half of it, but yeah. half a Dylan is better than like full time when you have multiple hosts. Right. So it's good. Um, so I have been, I, I finally beat uh steam world heist. I don't remember if I said that last week or this week, but I, I beat SteamWorld Heist. Um, the end boss in that game is super interesting and super challenging. Um, it's it's an interesting game because you realize that 
you're going to make decisions throughout a, a big battle. And, and mostly in the like, hey, I'm invading a ship and I'm fighting, you know, whatever. You can make some mistakes and there are very few consequences if you're playing it on the easy levels. But when I was fighting the final boss, like there were mistakes I made that I'm like, oh, shoot, that's going to really come back to haunt me if I can't pull this off. And it was, it was a cool battle to realize that. I probably could only survive for another three, four, maybe five turns. And if I could not beat the boss in those turns, I was going to lose. Um, and even with my like final kill shot, it was kind of a, oh, shoot, if this doesn't work and I can't pull something off very, very quickly, um, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. So it was the, the final boss battle took me... I'm gonna say like a half hour, forty five minutes, and when I was done, like my heart was just pounding. It was, it was, it was a really cool battle. I would not want the entire game. Like I think there are some people that thrive on that feeling, like for an entire game of just like, am I gonna win? Am I gonna lose? I don't want that for twelve hours. I want that for forty five minutes at the very end. It was very good. Um, so after wrapping, because I was playing SeaWorld Heist on the Switch, and so I was like, I should just play another Switch game. And so I hopped back into Mario Odyssey, which. I think I'm about halfway done with, I'm going to say I just finished up New Donk City. So I think that's about the halfway point. Um, and I'm not going to say I'm enjoying it, but I'm not not enjoying it enough probably not to finish it. It's just, it's okay. It's The, the levels are kind of fun. Um, I don't think the controls are great when you're in handheld. Like I find there are some jumping puzzles, like specifically like 3D jumping stuff. Or, hey, I've got to walk over this little teeny narrow passageway that are really hard when the game is like when you're playing handheld and when you have the uh the joy cons attached to your switch so and i mean even when you start that game up it's like hey maybe you want to maybe you want to detach your joy cons it might be a lot easier i'm like well yeah that's cool but i'm laying in bed like i can't just like rest this thing on my face and uh maybe if i had a labo kit maybe i could just (laughs) literally rest it on my face it'd be fine but uh it's you know mario's fine i think a lot of people liked it a lot more than i did but it's okay. It's it is what it is. Um, but the game I really want to talk about is uh, it's called Stick Fight colon the game, um, which doesn't tell you a lot about it. Um, my kid over the weekend was like, "Hey, do you want to play a game, Dad?" I'm like, "Sure, cool. Let's let's go play." Because we've been playing through Borderlands, um, we've been playing Destiny Two a little bit together. I'm like, "Why don't we play one of those?" He's like, "No, nah, no, nah, I don't want to play those." I'm, he's like, "Why don't we play Duck Game?" And I'm like, oh, cool, Duck Game's super fun. If you haven't played Duck Game, it's a game where you play as a duck and... (coughs) Excuse me. Um, It will uh, drop you into kind of these procedurally generated levels. um, And there's just guns all over the place. And you run over and grab a gun and try and shoot the other person as quickly as you can. And it's a lot of fun. Um, and there's bazookas and there's, you know, there's all sorts of crazy guns. And uh, uh, Hans actually hooked me up with it for Extra Life. And we had a bunch of fun playing it at Extra Life. Anyway, so we we decided to play this game called Stick Game. It was like $5 on Steam. My kid's like, I've seen people on YouTube play it and it looks super fun. It's kind of like kind of like Duck Game. I'm like, all right, it's five bucks, whatever. And you load into the game and you you know you both hit X or whatever to join. It's like, okay, now kill the other person to start the game. <laughs> and you don't have any weapons or anything. So you literally just, like, there's a jump button and there's a punch button. And you just kind of go in and start wailing on each other. Um, and it's made by the folks who make Cluster Truck and uh, Tabs, Totally Accurate Battle Simulator. And it's got kind of the same feel as those where the physics isn't... The physics aren't real like the physics do not 
equate to real life physics, but they're really fun. <laughs> they're really springy and weird and gravity doesn't quite work how you think it will. And your characters have this kind of, I don't know, like they're not quite like maybe they don't have enough bones quite to hold them up. They're kind of saggy feeling and like, but if you move forward, they like stand up a little bit more. And when you finally get guns, like the the direction that you're pointing with the joystick of your movement also kind of controls your guns. And so the guns are completely inaccurate as you're running. And it plays just like Duck Game, where they drop you into these levels and there's guns and you got to grab them. But there's also tons of environmental stuff. So sometimes they'll drop you on like two stacks of boxes. But the problem is as soon as you move, those boxes start to fall over. Um but then a gun, a gun will drop, and depending on what gun it is, like, if it's a shotgun and you grab it and shoot it, like, the recoil from the shotgun will just blast you right off the uh, the stack of boxes you're on. But if it's a pistol, maybe you can use that pistol to shoot the box of the person on the other side. Um, some of the levels are made of ice, and so, like, a machine gun will just wreck the ice. And, you know, that might mean that you fall through the ice. It might mean that your opponent falls through the ice. But then there's some, like, super wacky stuff. Like, there's, like, a glue gun that you shoot that, like, shoots out, I don't know, like, I guess it's glue or, like, pieces of gum that'll just, like, get you stuck to the the walls. But, like, you're still stretchy, so you can run, run a little bit to get away from things. Um, there's a multitude of guns that shoot snakes. Um, like, there's a bazooka snake gun that shoots giant snakes and there's a, a bazooka gun that shoots snakes that can fly. And then there's like automatic guns that shoot a bunch of snakes, you know, like really fast or a, sh a snake shotgun that shoots like three or four snakes, which is awesome. Um, but like probably 70% of the, eh, probably 40% of the time, the snakes just kill you instead because you shoot them and they hit a wall and then the snake bounces back at you and starts attacking you. Um, but that never stops you from wanting to shoot more snakes because a snake gun is the most amazing thing in the world and everybody wants a snake gun. Um, it comes with like a hundred levels and I think they said there's like another 23,000 levels online. Um, and we played all 100 levels twice. <laughs> like it was just like game after game after game. And each match is, I mean, a drawn out match maybe lasts 45 seconds. So... You know, they're 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 quick and then you just go bam to the next one, bam to the next one, bam to the next one. It is some of the most fun I've had playing a game in I don't even know how long, and just just like stupid and hilarious. The kind of game where you kill someone and then you both just burst out laughing because it was so ridiculous that you shot someone with a snake gun and they thought they fell off the side, but they grabbed hold of something else and then a box tipped over and blew something up and that snake came over and killed you. It, it Just ridiculous stuff. So Stick Fight the Game, it's literally $5. If you have a PC and another friend you owe yourself to play. You can also play it online, I guess. So you don't even need a friend. If you just have $5 in a PC, you're good to go. So so go play Stick Game. I, I highly, highly recommend that. It's from Landfall Games. I think you, you can get it on Steam, but you can also um, just buy it direct from their website and give them the 30% that you normally give Steam. So that's a, that's a nice thing to do. I like it. Me too. All sounds right. You like, want to... I was going to say it sounds like the... I forgot that we we played like Gang Beasts and Nidhogg this weekend again, which, oh, I mean those just those games are just those are the same kind of games that are just oh they're just the the stuff that happens and yep. like every game is its own little story that um 
it doesn't feel like you're ever very good at the game or everyone is feels kind of equal and it's just so so wacky that it's it's a good time for anybody whether you've played it for the first time or you've played it for hours that's exactly how this game is like i never felt like oh i've got that i i've got this gun and so i'm going to win now because you know i the crazy thing about this game was is I could I could ha- not have a gun and my kid could have a gun and I'd still beat him because you could like put up a shield like you've got kind of a shield mechanic that you can kind of pull up you could like slide under his shot because the shots are wildly inaccurate like throw up your shield and then like slide under reach under like punch him up into the air and then like punch the gun out of his hand and it just it was super random and wacky but but ultimately so enjoyable but yeah exactly that same feeling of gang beast and nidhog nidhog 2 nidhog 2 is maybe the greatest game ever made i'll be oh, honest so good so, so good. all those are so much fun get, get some friends get a pc and a couch and you're good to go uh dylan tell us tell us what we're gonna do next news every time every time what's well, news actually, this week you know, uh, we're leading up to E3 again. Like, E3 is what? Like, two weeks from today-ish? Sounds right. Two weeks from... No, it's it's like Wednesday today, so it's probably like two weeks from Friday, two weeks from Saturday. Anyway, it's coming soon. So a lot of the, the news we have is like, hey, there might be something happening at E3, or, you know, uh, this might happen soon. So we'll see. This will be maybe more of a, like... We'll see if these things come true two weeks from now. So first off, uh, Borderlands 2, a game that came out in like, I don't know what, 2011, 2012, 2013? It's been a long while. Yeah, I want to say 11 or 12. I was just in college, I think, when it came out. Yeah, I remember 2013, too. I I had a four-year-old. Um (laughs) <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Borderlands 2 might be getting more DLC. And and the reason I would say that this is pretty likely is this rumor wasn't just like, hey, Borderlands 2 is getting some DLC. It's like Borderlands 2 is getting some DLC and it's titled Commander Lilith and the Fight for Sanctuary. Like when a leak has a name, it seems. Yeah, that's pretty. That seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. So apparently it is supposed to kind of bridge the gap between the end of Borderlands 2 and, I don't know, Borderlands 2's 800 DLCs, and uh, kind of where Borderlands 3 picks up. So if that's true, I think it's really cool. Um, And it'll actually even become maybe a little more uh, exciting when we get down to the PlayStation Plus games from this month. But uh, Borderlands 2 on the PC and Xbox, I assume the PS4 too, but I'm not sure on that, just got uh, 4K updates as well. So they look spectacular on, I've been playing on the Xbox One, it looks great. So that's that's pretty, that's a fun thing to do. Um, they're saying that it'll drop during E3 week, which also makes it sound very likely that they're going to do a Border 3 Borderlands 3 presentation at E3 and go, oh, and hey, there's this DLC and it's dropping right now. Go download it. So that's the kind of thing they like to do at those those kinds of things. So hopefully uh, hopefully we can be playing some Borderlands 3 in two and a half weeks. That'd be, or I'm sorry, Borderlands 2 DLC in, uh, in two and a half weeks uh, with Borderlands 3 coming out, I think, in September. I think it, it has a release date, but I don't remember exactly when it is. September sometime. So... Uh, my anniversary is in September. Maybe my wife could get for me for my anniversary. That's romantic, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Ubisoft uh, is also rumored, more rumors, to be launching a subscription service that would be similar to um, 
probably most similar to EA Origins, the PC subscription service that uh, Origin has, or EA Access on the Xbox if you want to compare it to something else. Um, very briefly on their website, on the Ubisoft store, something was listed called Ubisoft Pass Premium. They put it up um, and then immediately took it down, but oddly enough also left up a like a category with nothing in it called Ubisoft subscriptions for another couple of hours after that. Um, what do you think about that, Dylan? Would you do you do you subscribe to EA Access or or EA Origins? I don't. Okay. Um, however, I've been thinking about this specifically a lot lately, um, and I'm, I'm wondering. I think this is more fitting for something like Ubisoft that has very many games as a service games yep. between the division rainbow six and ghost recon, all these games that you continue to play. Yep. It makes more sense to give them $10 every month than it does yep. to really buy the game and then it'll go on sale. And then you have all these DLCs and it becomes, it kind of becomes a headache sometimes to know what you're even buying, what you're, what are you renting? How, what version do I buy? Like, what are all these different editions? Then you feel bad because it was on this dirt cheap sale two weeks after you bought it for full price and it's $15. And then they have these free to play weekends. It's like, just give Ubisoft $10 a month yeah. and you can play any of their games. They'll probably make way more money in the long run. It makes you wonder about games like World of Warcraft that have been doing this forever. You just pay to play that game and yep. they finally do, are just like, it's a free to play game. You just pay us every month. Um, not free to play, but like you don't actually buy the game anymore unless you want like the newest um, edition, but you can play all the previous stuff for just the, the 12 to $15 a month, if any, for month to month or whatever. And it's like, that seemed like such a weird idea back in the day, or maybe it didn't at a time, but then it was a really weird idea. And now it's like actually what makes sense maybe for yeah. any game that's not, I, I don't know because I've, I've been thinking about WoW lately because it's a game I've never really played and I wanted to try a little bit you should and so I'm thinking about doing that and but then it's like they, they got the right idea but then I'm wondering like a game like Overwatch you bought I bought I mean I've purchased the game twice um, and, and bought loot boxes but like that's a game that's continually supported and they're not getting any money off of it anymore other than if you buy loot boxes right so I, I can imagine a lot of games are going to to move that way maybe and maybe we stop buying games the same way as we do just pay for that service but i think it fits really well with an ubisoft and it, that's something i would probably pay for if i guess at this point i just play rainbow six but maybe that's something that if that's how they continue to do their thing and their continuous support rainbow six and maybe that gets me to play division a, a game that i'm i'm kind of just on the fence about um, playing, um, but I think the service makes more sense for them than it does EA. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> well, I mean, first of all, I wish EA had, like, EA Origins um, has, there's a premium EA Origins. I think it's $100 a year, and that gets you all of their new games on the PC right. day of launch. Um, and I'm very bummed that that doesn't exist on the Xbox as well. They have to have EA Access there, which essentially gets you all of their games about a year after they launch, but it's still, it's okay. I mean, I, I, I've i subscribed to it ever since it launched. It's $30 a year. It's not yeah. like... That price is, is so good, really. Well, I've, I don't think I've ever paid $30 a year for it either. I think I've paid 
75 dollars for at least right. the last two so um i don't have to play many games on that to get my 25 dollars worth mm-hmm. and when i first heard this i was like the first thing i thought about is like you know man i canceled cable so i could save some money and then i subscribed to, to 17 <laughs> different <laughs> yeah. things which Netflix is always, and Hulu always and... my joke it's like how many subscriptions can i really realistically have mm-hmm. it's at some point it does become a little unwieldy for the consumer i think but yeah but then i started thinking about it and like Right now, I pay $10 a month for Game Pass, and I pay, I don't know, $3 a month, $2.50 a month for EA Access. And so if if EA Origins came out on the PC and Ubisoft came out on the PC and, you know, a couple more of these, like, I could legitimately add another 5 or $10 a month two or three times. Um, like, if Steam could do it, like, I'd love it if Steam did something like that where you pay 10 bucks a month and, you know, could play a bunch of indie games or, you know, something. Um, like, I could legitimately pay 20 30 $40 a month in subscription fees and still probably come out ahead. Ahead, yeah. Um, and then you have to figure in, like, yeah, it's true, you, like, cut cable, but then how many games, average how many games you would buy on a month and then yeah. kind of figure that into... I mean, in real reality, like eighty dollars a month is that a reasonable amount of money to spend? Probably, if if you literally have access to everything you would play, yeah. like you're probably in the end, you're coming out ahead. And ultimately, I think ev- everyone selling you those subscriptions are probably making more money. Yeah, because I don't probably, I don't probably buy a sixty dollar game every month, but I probably buy a sixty dollar game every other month yeah. and i probably buy another... or maybe on average one a month but mm-hmm. it's like you have november where you buy three and then yep. there's a month where you don't buy it so maybe it averages to one a month but i probably also buy like you know a couple of five dollar games i mean right. you know like like duck game i'm like sure or i'm sorry stick fight right sure five dollars buy i'll that, buy eight you know? ten dollar games in a month and uh-huh. it, it, like i think i'm spending less money than one wow. So, yeah, that I game's on sale. I should pick that up because it's on sale. Right. Like, I just saved, you know. And so, like, maybe it makes more sense for me to spending $25, $30, $40 a month on a subscription that gets me a ton of games day and date than to be buying individual. I mean, I, Game Pass, I tell you, I love it. It makes so much sense in the way I buy video games. And it's it's changed a bunch of games that I play that I probably never would have played before um, that I've really enjoyed. So, I, I'm not... At first, like, my first reaction to this was, like, ugh. And then, like, 30 seconds later, I was like, mm, maybe, well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe this is, maybe this is okay. So yeah. I'm it, excited. I think at some point you just – I think you kind of wish that uh, there's a couple companies that kind of get in cahoots with each other. That way you don't have to have, like, seven or eight different ones, and you could just have, like, three. I don't yep. – but in the end of the day, I don't think it it would make that much of a difference. No, but no. I, uh, I, I, it'll be fine. We'll see. I mean, I tell you, man, I think gaming is going to change the way we play games today and the way we play games in like, even, even near term, 2023, 2024 is going to be so different. Like if you just told someone from 2010, like, oh no, we don't pay $60 a game anymore because we don't buy games. Right. You know? I mean, ever since buying a digital game never felt good, right? Like I like yeah. not having it on my shelf. But I don't yeah. actually have anything, right? I just have this space. Like I personally like it, but it doesn't feel good. Yeah, I, I mean, 
So I, don't I think, know. does subscribing to a developer feel better? Probably. Probably, yeah. Right, like I, if I, I just give Blizzard $15 a month and can play all their games all the time and they're continuously updated, doesn't that feel better than buying a copy of overwatch that just lives on my computer i don't yeah. i don't know it's i think that's fair and I, I mean i think that's the thing too is, is i won't pay 15 dollars a month to play wow because i just it's too like 15 dollars to play wow means that wow is going to be the only game i play right you know that is it um, does sound expensive but if i played blizzard monthly 15 dollars mm-hmm. and you got wow and diablo and overwatch you know maybe some cool stuff and... in hearthstone and overwatch yeah right yeah like i think there's Right, and like I think that would work out really well for Blizzard because all their games are continually supported like that. So well, maybe, and, it, maybe and, it is a little bit more. Maybe that gives you access to so many card packs and when the new Hearthstone set releases, and maybe it, I mean, it gets players playing all their games for the cost of WoW. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Well, and it, for for fifteen bucks, like that's probably Blizzard Activision. You know, you get a bunch of Activision right, and you games get too. To Destiny too, right? Yep. And uh, Call of Duty. So, I mean, they have... I mean, not anymore because have... Destiny is not owned by Activision anymore, but yes. Right. But... Yeah. Yep, so. exactly. There's cool games there that, to play. Um, I, like, I could 100% get behind a $15 Blizzard Activision subscription. Right. $10. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, Death Stranding released a new nine-minute... I was going to say game trailer. Art? Yeah. Nine I, minutes of performance art. <laughs> I, I and they also got a release date, which is interestingly enough, my dad's birthday, November eighth. November eighth. Um, I I will go like I could be wrong. I a hundred percent could be wrong, but I don't believe there is a snowball's chance in hell that Death Stranding comes out November eighth. I just don't think that's <laughs> happening. Um, I I would if if they had said May of twenty twenty, I would say yes, a hundred percent. I think it's coming out May of twenty twenty. I think it's gonna get delayed out of November and like Vinny pointed out today, The Last of Us Two is supposed to come out in February, so Sony's not gonna launch two games like that in February. So I think Death Stranding is coming out April, May twenty twenty. But right as of right now, they are saying November eighth. So the other thing I told Vinny today was that I don't even know what that game is. Like if they told me it was a third person action adventure game i'd go okay and if they told me it was a walking sim i'd say okay like right I, I, who knows it's the whole thing is just interesting i guess and i haven't even followed it very closely because probably because i don't know what it is right like it it's kind of hard to be excited about in a way i, just, I don't I just don't know how you can, like, every other game in the entire world has a one and a half to two and a half minute trailer, and I watch it and go, oh, that game looks really cool, and I know exactly what that game is. Death Stranding's up to, like, 35 minutes of, I guess we could say trailers, but I don't know, short films? And I, I don't have the slightest idea what this game is. I know who's in it. I know <laughs> that there's some sort of upside down world with weird stuff, and there's a baby, and I don't know. Mads Michelson eats that baby. Maybe I, I don't have any idea. I literally don't know what this game is. But apparently, um, on November eighth, if everything holds, you'll be able to buy the standard edition for sixty dollars. You'll be able to and find you, out. And if you pre-order it, you get. Um, 
gold Sam sunglasses, a gold hat, a gold speed skeleton, and gold armor plate, which, depending on what kind of game this is, that might be good or bad. Um, of course, there's also other special editions. There's a special edition for 70. There's a digital deluxe edition for 80. Um, and if you want to pay $200, you can get the collection edition, which adds a life-size BB pod statue. Apparently, BB stands for Bridge Baby. Um, <clears throat> and a Bridges cargo case and a Luden's keychain. I- I've watched all the trailers except the new one. I don't have... Outside of Bridge Baby, I don't know what any of those things mean. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that they're just, like, throwing these names for digital goodies, and you're like, what does that even mean? <laughs> Is a Luden's keychain, like, Luden's cough drops? Is that what they're talking about? Probably. Probably? And what's a... It's a life-size baby? So is that like a... I mean, that baby in the in the trailer looked like a real-size baby. So is this like a 18-inch statue of a baby? I don't know. I don't know. I've never played... Have you ever played any of the Metal Gear games? Yes. I played three and four a little bit. Were they... I'm sure Kojima is a a stand-up guy, and I'm sure he makes interesting games, but I just don't... I just don't understand how this can be, like, something people are super hyped about. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know how you... I don't know. I guess it, <laughs> I, I, I want to be excited because everyone's excited, I guess, but I just, I'm are more they, confused. Though, are they just intrigued? Has it, I don't know. It's literally just, it's performance art. I don't, yeah. he, he's gained interest because of nothing. It is, it's like pretty nothing. I don't yeah. know. And I think maybe, maybe, maybe what it is, is that, Every other form of art, to some degree, has those just, like, crazy eccentric creators, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you've got the the Salvador Dalis, and you have the, you know, the the actors that are, you know, um, like, super, uh, what do they call it when you continue acting once you're done acting? Um, method actors. Method acting, yeah. You know, that, like, are weird, and, you know, directors that are They are live crazy. the character. Yeah, and... you know, and, and so maybe, maybe Kojima is just the video game version of that, like, where we need the one creator crazy eccentric guy who people think are a genius and some people just go like right. uh-huh. the thing is aside from metal gear like or just metal gear in general is just it's not that yeah. so other than like the cutscenes, as i was yeah. trying to say aside from like the the length of the cutscenes in metal gear like it doesn't come off as that like big idea like it's a it's a solid game and it's done a lot of cool things and maybe playing them more maybe you would pick up on some of that i don't know but i don't i'm not sure i have like four copies of of metal gear solid five so maybe i should just pop one in for the the thing that's kept me from playing it is that i think it's like 80 hours long and i just don't have that kind of time so most of it's just watching the cutscenes, right cutscenes, exactly (laughs) yeah so whatever anyway death stranding may or may not be coming out for Christmas this year. I guess we'll see. But I'm, I'm going to go on record right now and saying it's not. Um, next up, uh, this is just a, a little bit of something something. And we talked about this in our uh, game releases podcast. It'll be coming out uh, for everyone on June 1st. So you might get to hear about this twice. But Journey, which was a uh, PS2 exclusive game and then came out uh, again later remastered on the PS4, is coming out 
uh, on PC next week. So this is the first time it will arrive on a, a platform that is not the PC. It's going to be $15, but and it is a Epic exclusive. So they didn't give up exclusivity, just, just you know, platform exclusivity. So the only place you're going to be able to get this, get this is on the Epic Store. But uh, if you buy it on the Epic Store right now, you can get it for 5 bucks because of the like $10 off deal that uh, the Epic Store is doing. So if you think you might like Journey, and if you're into kind of walking simmy um you know hey we're telling a story without any dialogue you know it's the journey like literally this game is the journey um there's it's beautiful soundtrack done by austin winery it's uh it's just a really cool game if you're into that kind of game like if you're like dude what i really like is first person shooters with big guns this is a hundred percent not the game for you but if you're if you're me um it's probably the game for you so give it a try um what about Contra? Tell me, tell me what you think about Contra, Dylan. Um, I don't know if I've ever played Contra that much, um, and it's a game I probably confuse often with playing with Metal Slug. I don't know, <laughs> like I think I feel like that's what Contra is to me. Um, even though when I, I I looked up that um, we're getting this Contra collection, collection. Um, which I mean could be cool, right? Uh, I definitely have played Contra before. Um, I don't know which which iteration of Contra, um, and I I really enjoy those kind of games. I remember playing Metal Slug a lot in the arcade, and I like that was the most fun I had. I think in the arcade in a lot of ways. So yeah. Um, when I got my NES, um, my parents just like getting my NES is such a weird thing because I remember I remember it so distinctly. Like I don't uh, I re- I don't I have a terrible memory, so I don't remember a lot of my childhood. But getting an NES was a big deal. We went to dinner at Denny's, and then we went to Lionel Playworld and uh, and got uh, a NES with Mario and uh, Duck Hunt in it. And then my parents let us get two extra games. And why we got the games we got, I I do not recall. But we got Contra and we got a game called Iron Tank. And so. I've played a lot of Contra, like a lot, a lot of Contra, like so much that even though I've not played it much in the last 30 years, like I still remember every single level. Like I was playing Contra, like emulated on my Raspberry Pi with my kid maybe six months ago. And he's like, how are you so good at this game, dad? I'm like, I'm not. I just remember where every single thing is. Like I'm shooting off screen to get the, you know, the next power. He's like, how did you know it was there? I'm like, it's always there, Carter. Right. That's like going Um, back and playing Mario. Like I'm uh still hitting all the secret stuff. And I literally haven't played this in 10 years. Yep. Yeah, but uh, so this this is coming out like it is not a collection I will buy because even though I really liked Contra, I, it's not a game I need to play again. Um, but it's got kind of a cool deal coming out. So it's coming out this summer, no official release date, but they're doing things like it's going to include the version from the arcade and it's going to include the version from the NES and the version of Contra from the Famicom. So each of those d- versions is is different, and so they're actually including all three and not leaving people that played it on the Famicom out or people that remember it from the arcade out. Um, it's also going to include Super Contra from the arcade, um, Super C from the NES, Operation C from the Game Boy, Contra 3 The Alien Wars from the SNES, Contra Hardcore from the Genesis, uh, Probotector. I do not know what that is. It was on the second Mega Drive, which it's is probably why I don't know, I guess. Um, Super Probotector Alien Rebels from the SNES, which I also did not play. And then after launch, um, they're going to introduce six Japanese versions of the game. So um, there's going to be like free post-launch DLC where you'll be able to get the Japanese arcade version of Contra, Super Contra Alien, no 
Gayashu? I don't know how to say that word. Super Contra, Contra Spirits, Contra the Hardcore, and simply Contra, the Japanese version of Operation C. So, I mean, that's like what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's 16 Contra games or different versions of different Contra games. So, I don't know how much it's going to cost. I, you know, like I said, no release date yet. Um, I guess if that got cheap enough, maybe I would I would give that a go. Like it'd be kind of fun to be able to play that on uh, on your Switch. Maybe I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Um, but it's I, I I like when companies release collections of things like that that aren't just like, hey, here's two games. It's it's yeah. actually a bunch of stuff. It's so. actually the extensive library of yeah. Kaka, and it's great for protecting that game. Yep. It, like it's great that it can live on in a in a collection like this and Straight protect up. that legacy. And you can, I mean, even I'm sure that this stuff will come in handy when like, who knows what research or like thing you want to study and you're able to go back and see different versions of this. Like there's definitely like educational value in, in assembling these collections and letting us um, yep. return to them in 2019 and into the future. Even just from a, a preservation standpoint, I think it's really mm-hmm. important. Um, so most important question, do you think the Konami code will work on this collection? Uh, it, it would have to, right? Right? It's got to. It's got to. Um, all right. So next up, um, like this is a product that if they had released it on April 1st, I would have 100% said, this is an April Fool's joke. Um, are, have you seen Have you seen the Pokemon Go Plus, Dylan? Uh, I... I think I saw these headlines. Yeah, I don't, so... I don't what know. The, what <laughs> this is, is it looks like a little Pokeball, but it's got like a little clip, so you could clip it. Like, I mean, if you're like a super nerd, I guess you could clip it like on your, your shirt pocket if you wanted everyone to know what a nerd you are. But I guess like maybe maybe you could like discreetly clip it somewhere else. I don't know. Um, but what it'll do is it'll hook up to your iOS or Android device and um, via Bluetooth. And when you walk past... A Pokemon in the wild, it'll like vibrate and and turn green or something. And then if you walk past a, a Pokemon that you've never caught before, it vibrates and turns a different color. If you walk past a Pokestop, it'll vibrate and turn a different color. And then there's just a button on the front of it that instead of having to like get out your cell phone and like chuck Pokeballs at Pokemon, you can just hit this button and it'll just automatically catch them or maybe not. <laughs> and so it's more like a coin flip, I guess, um, where you like say oh hey there's a new pokemon push the button and if you get it it'll turn all sorts of different colors and vibrate and if you don't i guess it just doesn't um which seems to be like the laziest way to play pokemon in the entire world but it also um keeps track of how many steps you've done um because i think it remind i haven't played pokemon go in forever but i think you <coughs> hatch eggs based on how long you have been playing is that right that seems right yeah, and so it'll also keep track of your steps. But on top of that, they also are introducing a thing called Pokemon Pokemon Sleep, I believe is what it's called. And I want to read you this description because it's the strangest thing I've ever heard. It will, quote-unquote, turn sleeping into entertainment by having a player's time spent sleeping and the time they wake up affect gameplay. So literally, Nintendo, or I guess Nintendo, is gamifying sleep. 
I, and it's what we've asked for. Is it? <laughs> I want to well, spend my time sleeping playing games. I, see, I need but that's more different. time. I need see, more time. But what I want to do is stop sleeping to play games, not play games while I'm sleeping. So it's maybe like the it's, it's okay. like there's three cross play games. It's a step. We have to <laughs> we have to look. This is this is baby steps towards the future. All right. But I'll, like, I'll give it that. If I can grind end game loot while I'm sleeping, of course, I'm going to do it. Right. That's extremely valid, actually. Like so, if, I could, <laughs> if there was a like some sort of like division two app where I could just like turn on my smartphone, it's like how many times did Cliff snore during the night? Right. We're going to we're going to turn that into like, you know, guns. You're right. I would do that. All right, so something weird just happened where the software Dylan and I used to record this because we're not at work. Like we don't have studios. If Adam's not here, you're you're hearing me from uh, Casa de la Cliff, and I don't know if Dylan has a name for his house. Do you have a name uh, for your house? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> good try to try and make one up on the fly, though. I'll give you that. I, um, I didn't want to throw out something that wasn't good enough. Okay, that's fair. You think about it, Dylan, and for next week, you can you can have a right. game for your house. Um, anyway, it, the software just crashed, and it went away. So we were talking about Pokemon Sleep and how dang weird that is. Tell me about your thoughts, Dylan. Right, I was thinking if there is a way that it could, it could uh, compensate you for getting a good night's rest, so you, mm. without waking up, but not oversleeping. So you got to hit that, that target good sleep. Um what what if I got a pee and and you get a legendary at the end of the night? So Pretty I can't legendary. like I can't like drink any liquid after five. You know how Pokemon Go like got people to walk as silly as that was. People will definitely sleep for loot. Like right. it would be it would be so easy. Like people, I'll go go to bed. I uh, responsible bedtime. You know, man, the more you talk about this, the more like originally I was like, this is dumb. And the more you say this, like, I don't think Pokemon's going to be the thing that could get it, me to do it. But like, I could really use something that can get me to have good sleep right. habits as opposed to video games normally doing the exact opposite. So maybe maybe there's something here. You might actually be there's right. There's something Dylan. there. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously not in its final form or perfect iteration yet. Are you saying but. would you say would you say that it just hasn't evolved yet? It has not evolved. <laughs> that was Nor do I think it's a uh, basic Pokemon forever either. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, so, there's something here. Anyway, apparently you clip this little doohickey onto you and it tracks while you sleep. And, I mean, they're probably also giving that information to Nintendo, but that's that's fine. So, I don't know. Coming out soonish, I think. They just announced it. I'm not sure if it actually has a release date. But the little clippy doodad is uh, 40 bucks. So... I don't know. I, I think it's weird, but it it could be good. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll get people to sleep more because everyone can use more sleep. All right. I think we are going to go into uh, the question section of our podcast. And uh, the first person, you know, we didn't do we didn't do Patreon. Should we do Patreon real fast? Probably should. I don't have it pulled up, so um, I'm gonna have to pull it up real fast. But we have a new patron, so we, do. we should we should we should talk about we probably give them the shouts, <clears throat> the shout out, which is I not what you get when you over drink coffee and Taco Bell. You're so weird, Dylan. Anyway, <laughs> so our, our wonderful patrons, we love all of you. You can uh, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash bite me podcast. Give us a couple bucks every month. Um, like, I think actually the reason Megan uh, chose to become a patron was because she wanted a different color in our discord. 
And yep. uh, I mean, if that's worth some money to you every month, then great. I will make that color whatever color you want it to be. Yeah. Hers is pink. Um, so is Dylan's now. So is mine because it looked really cool. It does look really cool. So uh, you also get some stickers. I have not sent stickers out to Megan yet, but I will. Um, I also owe Michael stickers. So we'll, I, I'm going to get my stuff together at some point and everyone gets stickers. Um, I've waited no clings to. It'll be great. Anyway, our wonderful producer level patrons are as follows. These people give us some money every month and make things possible. We don't know what things yet, but at some point things will be possible. It's going to be great. Uh, Operator Jack, of course, our good friend from down under. Megan Phillips, first time in the Patreon list. Thank you very much. Uh, She is very fun in Discord and we like having her around. Um, She she needs to sleep more. She needs that Pokemon go sleep thing because she works too hard and studies too hard and does not sleep enough. So, but you know it's life sometimes uh okay so <clears throat> we're back to our our good friend michael from uh from quebec and he told me that i i his name is is actually michael it's pronounced <laughs> like so like michael sorry um but that i was still screwing it up so i'm gonna try for a third week and we're gonna say Maybe it's maybe it's just not as hard. Maybe it's just how I it's think, spelled. I think you're trying way too hard. It could just... be uh, Michael Kennedy. It's got to be. I don't know. G a u t h i e r. I'm going to go Ga- with Gautier. Oh, Gautier. That's good. Okay, so that's what we'll go this week. Michael Kennedy Gautier. That's good. That's really good. I think it has a a shot there. So, again, either we nailed it or he'll let us know this week that we did not nail it and we'll try again (laughs) next week. Um, We're gamifying our own Patreon list. Tom McDermott, Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, uh, Joe Cold Jr., Kevin Schulte, and, of course, our good friend. Yo, Vinny. See, maybe we should always do Patreon here. It just makes sense. just makes sense. What's going on? We're going to talk about Vinny right now. Vinny has a good question for us. He says, with next gen, presumably almost upon us. I mean, we're probably a year out, but that's okay. It's uh, it's closer than it is farther. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Did you know, like, I found that out the other day, and I, I don't remember which direction it is, but that we lived closer to the T-Rex than the T-Rex lived to Stegosauruses. Like, those things never lived together. Really? Yeah. Dis- like, the Disneyland, um, the the... Uh, what's the train the prehistoric world part I, I'm drawing a blank but you know have you ever ridden the train all the way around and, and at the end there's like the, uh, the the scene where there's a T-Rex fighting a Stegosaurus yeah yeah that never happened never happened primeval world that's what it's called yeah hmm. so you have been closer to a T-Rex than a T-Rex has ever been to a Stegosaurus my whole anyway, world is alive I know right but the anyway, land that before is- time the Land Before Time. It's a lie. All 17 movies in that All series. All of them. All I love lie. those movies. And they were too. a lie. Yep. Yep. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. That's not what Vinny... Vinny did not write in asking about dinosaurs. He said, uh, what are our three top games of this generation and why? Do you want me to tell you? I wrote mine down because I had a, a hot minute. Do you want me to do mine first and you can think about what yours sure, are? Sure. I, I do have an answer. So. Oh, well, well I, my guess, I, I would I would not be shocked if my first answer is the same as your first answer. Correct. correct. Red Dead Redemption 2. It yes. is uh, one of the best games I've ever played. Yes. It was a phenomenal story. Um, one of the best stories I've ever played in a video game, to be frank. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Dylan and I did a 
I don't know what a two and a half hour podcast on why Red Dead Redemption Two was great Just to scratch the surface of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could have we easily, easily, easily could have gone for another. I, I think Red Dead Redemption Two is one of those games that if we had said like, dude, every week while we're playing Red Dead Redemption Two, we're going to talk about Red, De- Red Dead Redemption Two for two or three hours for the six, eight weeks it took us to beat this game, I think we easily could have done that podcast. Easily. Uh, because there's just so much good about it. So Red Dead Redemption 2 is definitely one for me. If you want to check out that podcast, it is in the Bite Me DLC feed. I think it was actually the first Bite Me DLC we did um, after we changed it from QT to DLC. So good, good, good stuff. My brother was on that one too. It's good. Um, <clears throat> my next one I think is going to be Ori in the Blind Forest, um, which was a game that took me starting it three or four times to actually like get into it but Adam loved it so much that I'm like I've got to play this game and what I liked about Ori is I mean first of all it's it's a beautiful beautiful game with a really good story beautiful soundtrack Um, but it's one of the very few games that challenged me greatly like there were points in playing that game where I'm like I do not think I can continue to play this game because I just don't have the skills to continue to play this game but that presented that challenge in a way where I was like, no, nah, maybe I'll just keep trying. Maybe I'm just, just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Oh, hey, I did it. Um, that is not how I play games ever. Like, I hate games that make me replay things. I hate games that, you know, if things get too hard, I'll just like, hey, there's other, there's other games in the sea, and I'll move on. And Ori was, like, just exactly the right amount of challenging to, to make me keep coming back. So uh, Ori is, is one for me. How about, what's your, what's your number two, Dylan? And for me, these are in no particular order, I guess. Right. Um, well, just to, to talk about Red Dead for a second, what you did. Oh, let's talk, let's talk about Red Dead War, uh, please. Basically, to me, that is kind of a generation-defining game. Um, as just like what is capable um, which I think is kind of what GTA 5 did on the Xbox 360 PS3 like really pushing it to the limits of of what it could do Um, leave it to Rockstar to to really take games on a generation to the next level Um, and I think whether you like Red Dead or not um, that is undeniable Um, but for my next choice it'd be overwatch obviously Mm. um i just love overwatch so much um so so much i'm gonna play (laughs) dylan's crying dylan's crying right Um, now big tear i think it i think at its core it's very much of what games have been for a long time i mean just the the traditional shooting game but something that like where unreal tournament or all these games from the past have kind of been building to this moment um in the shooter genre and i think it did did great things for taking games like call of duty which i think reached a huge audience but in the end i don't think there's a lot to offer more than i think what uh call of duty did well was have some really good maps and the games felt good right Uh, but until a game like overwatch came along and actually created objectives within a game that wasn't just get frags or play capture the flag which meant get frags and then capture the flag like it was never more it was never more than just shooting and eliminating your opponents i've never really played a game that managed to make it about the objective and and 
and then to be able to have such a variety of cast of characters that's up to 30 now um you have 30 completely different characters um which is just it's so, so interesting and it it creates a game that feels similar to a MOBA like League of Legends, which is a game I really like, but I'm definitely better at Overwatch than I am League of Legends. I think, I guess I'm not great at either, but um, <laughs> it it's so much about teamwork. And I think when you, you actually do play with some people that are nice, um, which is, I think, becoming more commonplace, actually, at least in my experience, I find people to generally be nicer, especially if you kind of take it upon yourself to get out there and be that nice person as well. And I, I find that getting there and immediately breaking down the wall of a not, I tried to say anonymity, anonymity. <laughs> it was not going to come out of my mouth. Um, and, and not being the, I, I think there's always this, this is a slight tangent, but I think you always assume that the other five people on your team are just a-holes instead yeah. of assuming the opposite, right? And and sometimes just jump in the chat and be nice. Just be nice off the bat because it's really hard to be mean to someone who's nice. Yeah. It's really hard. Um, and you can just be like, hey, I'm bad. I'm learning. And people will be nice to you. And well, that's I'm all it takes sometimes. And go, go ahead before I... I, I think that you have to give blizzard a lot of props for kind of figuring out maybe the best way to solve a toxic community wasn't to like ban toxic players, but instead was like artificially make it. So being nice gets you something else. You right. Know? And it doesn't mean that people are actually nice, but like fake nice on the internet is really just as good as, as real nice almost really. Right. And, and that's, that's what it is too. It's like, you don't have to be, the nicest person really but to be fake nice and just try not to be an a-hole like that can go a long way and i think uh i think cliff has raised good criticisms of overwatch in the past revolving around things like the meta we've had these discussions before and i think overwatch took it upon themselves to really take everything cliff said and throw it out the window and say no we can actually fix this and they have they've stripped away the idea of defensive characters so that that category doesn't exist anymore so that label and they also made it so those characters that did fit in that actually don't aren't stuck in that bucket anymore yeah they took characters like hanzo and torbjorn which were very much defensive oriented and symmetra very defensive oriented characters that really didn't have their place in certain scenarios and sure they're going to be more effective on certain scenarios still to this day but they were able to change their kit in a way that made them more consistent more useful in both attacking and defensive scenarios so I think it helps because you're not like, why is this guy playing this character in a situation that just doesn't call for it? And they were able to really make those changes so Cliff could play Hanzo on attack and it it, it can make sense. And it, it can, you're not like, oh, why am I stuck with this guy? And it's like, sure, there's still going to be situations in which characters are better and I think certain characters still have a really high skill ceiling and you'll still get stuck with a Hanzo and a bad Hanzo is literally not helpful at all because he's a harder character to play. And that's just about learning the character. It's not so much about 
using the wrong tool for the job now it's like you're just not very good player mechanically and that's fine like i'm i'll never be mad at someone for just playing mechanically bad except if you're just not mechanically good like i'm not that mechanically good i like to play tanks because i will play better when i'm not focused on having to click heads all the time because i'm not that good at it right and i know that and i think being honest with yourself will take your game farther but i mean i think ultimately the game is better than it was because they've been able to to take away some of the toxicity they've been able to add characters and modify characters to just make the game better over time um and that's why overwatch is one of my top games of the generation the other one would probably be sea of thieves for kind of the same reason um they've just they've just kept it going at a steady rate of giving you new content in a game that i really enjoyed off the bat but i can look back and say i'm enjoying it more than i even did before so that's and cool. there's booty, so always booty. You can't forget the booty. No, I uh, just to actually talk about like uh, it, that. You make some really interesting points about Overwatch that are that are things I hadn't considered. Um, it's a game that I do not play a lot. Like I think it's a great, it's cool. Like people that want to play Overwatch, like I'm a hundred percent behind that because I think Overwatch has done some very interesting things to that genre. Um, and I think it's really cool, but it did not occur to me that you you are one hundred percent right. We have not had a like, oh my god, Overwatch is so toxic, or oh my god, I can't believe we have to talk another story about you know some Hanzo main getting, you know, either either just the fact that Hanzo main exists as a insult. Right now, it's kind of just a meme. I, yeah, I guess it's it's not it's not really that real of a thing anymore. Yeah, and and I think that that's actually really cool. I mean, I remember we used to talk about that like. Almost to the point of like, oh god, do we should we even put this in the show notes this week? Because how many weeks in a row can we talk about you know Overwatch right. being a you know a mess? And we haven't talked about that in months. And I don't think it's because, or I mean, almost a year. Right. And I don't think it's because Overwatch got any less popular. I don't think it's it's because it's those more stories, popular than yeah it's ever been. I, I think it's just because they fixed those problems. I think that's really cool. It's something yeah. that hadn't occurred to me. Um, the other thing I want to say that I think is awesome about Overwatch is that it is a game where they literally could have created, you know, like you said, 30 characters, and they could have just been cool because they looked cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, Blizzard took the time and the money to create an entire world for these players, where are these characters that have backstories and movies and comic books and lives and, you know, wacky accents and, you know, voice actors that are unique and interesting. And, you know, it's something that they 100% did not have to do. And, like, I, I, I'm sure that that has an effect on how many people play this game and people that identify with certain characters and right. so on and so forth. But if they hadn't done it, like what does that impact? You know, like right. maybe 5% of their player stats, 10% of their player stats, right. you know, people that would not play this game because they didn't have that, but did it anyway. And I think that's right. a really cool thing to do. Yeah. Um, and one more thing, and this kind of applies to sea of thieves too, is how open both those games are at telling you what they're doing. They constantly have developer updates and things that go on YouTube. They're live on Twitch, whatever it is. And they're just telling you, this is what we're doing with this game. These are the problems that we're seeing from our community, and this is what we're doing to fix them. Yep. And it's that kind of stuff. And with Overwatch um, especially, I think Sea of Thieves is doing a great job, but I didn't think had the – their problem was content, right? They've fixed that. Overwatch was the community, how how some of the things play, how the game goes. Like, there's slightly different things, I think. 
Um, but Overwatch is saying there is a character for you and they're right. They're committed to there being a character for you, whether that's you identifying with the backstory of that character, that person might look like you, um, a play style, like all of those things. Um, they're, they're really trying to get representation from all kinds of things. Like you have all these characters that look different. Some of them are human. Like some of them are not, um, personally, I like Winston. He's a big gorilla. Like, and it, like for whatever reason, that's what that's what I gravitate to. And um, and of course, Hammond, the, the wrecking ball hamster. Uh, those I feel like those two are, are, are very you, for me. Are, I don't are know. you a secret furry? Is that what you're saying? I, I kinda, I guess. There's nothing I, wrong with that. I identify with absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, absolutely not. But it's just that commitment to their players and the fact that you can see that commitment very easily. It's very tangible that their commitment is a real thing and they're just not blowing smoke. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I think that they've done a they've done a great job. So um, I guess last on my list would probably be Oxenfree, which is a game that not only have I really enjoyed. Um, it's if you're unfamiliar, I've talked about Oxenfree a million times. It's a narrative adventure game. It's a lot of fun. Um, there's some really cool things. Probably it's the first game that I've ever played that as a narrative game you know normally when you're playing a narrative game like you come to a person and they're like okay here's here's the three you know i'm i'm having a conversation with you they pop up the three potential replies you can have and if you don't choose one the game just stops you know until you pick how you want to reply to this and oxenfree was the first game i ever played where if you don't choose a reply the person you're talking with kind of goes like, well, okay, if you don't want to talk about it, I guess that's fine. Um, that, that silence was an option, but also that the game is spooky, um, but not scary, which is kind of how I like my spooky what you games prefer. to be. <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, you know, like enough jump scares to make me go, ah, a couple times, but not make me dread every single building I walk into. Um, I've played through the game twice, uh, once by myself, once with my wife, and enjoyed it equally as much both times. I, I f- the game's super inspirational to me. I love the art style. I love the soundtrack. I listen to it all the time. Um, it's just it's a game that that anytime I think of like games I love, Oxenfree is always in uh, in kind of that one of those top slots. So it's a big one for me that just changed the, the way I, th- I thought about how games could be um, a lot. So Oxenfree was good. Um, all right, next up, now that we're done spending a half hour talking through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I didn't think that my answer would be that long, but as I thought about it, it quickly became apparent why I really liked yeah, these games. There's so. nothing wrong with that, man. Like, these are games that... I mean, when you when you look at that question, he, Vinny is essentially asking, what are the three best games that you've played in the last five years? Like, of mm-hmm. course, they're going to be games you're passionate about. So I think that's cool. Uh, Eddie Spaghetti wants to know, with E3 just days away, which games do you think will have a 2019 release? And uh, my answer, at least, is I don't know. Um, I, I'm not like I love E3. E3 is Christmas for me, um, but I do not spend a lot of time. Like, like a lot of podcasts I listen to, a lot of gaming podcasts are like, hey, we're going to, you know, next two weeks we're going to do our E3 predictions. And, like, if someone asked me to do an E3 prediction episode, I wouldn't even know where to start. Right. Um, <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't even know. I love watching them. And, and to me, E3 is almost one of those things I go into a little bit blind. Like, I don't spend a lot of time looking at E3 prediction threads or E3, you know, like rumor threads or any of that stuff because I kind of want to go in 
like I would go into a big movie. Like I didn't spend right. a lot of time looking into, you know, what's happening in the Avengers movie because I want to be surprised. And I feel kind of the same about E3. So my answer, I don't know, probably cool stuff. I bet you there's going to be some super cool stuff. Right. Um, I'm kind of the same way too. I like to, I don't like to spoil things for myself. Like, yeah. because I think the reaction is part of it. Uh, yep. I, I like to think things like Sea of Thieves are going to give us something cool. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, that's kind of what I'm excited about and not necessarily a game coming out. But I I feel like there's a couple games that I want to see some cool stuff from. I am very excited to see um, what Xbox is going to announce um, related to Xbox One Y, I guess. Um, and extreme project extreme yeah. but outside of that like i'm i'm just trying to stay right. just trying to stay spoiler free so we will yeah. see i like I, like i said but i'm so excited about it i love like i've yeah. literally put e3 on my calendar like four months ago so my wife would know not to schedule anything for e3 weekend because i'm just going to be sitting on tv watching yeah. mixer like that's what i'm gonna do yeah i don't quite know what i would pick that isn't like already kind of confirmed yeah. um yep I don't either. It'll be man, cool. It's going to be cool, man. It's um, going to be cool. That's all you need to know. It's and cool. and the thing is, like, 2019 isn't, like, we're halfway through it. Yeah. Like, that's not a lot of time for these surprise releases. But I'm I, I'm going to say a Nintendo game. I don't know what that is. Like, I know we're going to get Animal Crossing by the end of the year. Um, we got another Pokemon game. What else? Am I, uh, Super Mario Maker, but I think there's going to be something else. Something. That yeah, I'm sure everyone us. will have a couple surprises. I love um, surprises. But I'm going to say a Nintendo game. Good, good, good. Uh, Joe Coleslaw wants to know, what is your favorite marketing campaign of a video game? Demo, demo discs with pizza? Pop company with a mascot game? Uh, burger chain made games? What do you think? Um Yes. Uh, obviously, yes, yes, Chex yes. Quest. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, definitely the Burger King games that you could get with Burger King. God, those were terrifying. Like, like it's not quite... I think, yeah, the marketing is kind of... They're not so much as marketing as they were, like, games based on food that were, like, reverse marketed, I guess. I don't know. But the Burger King games were great. Chex Quest was great. Um, other than that, um, I'm going to say the, the just the commercials for Vice City. Um, they made me want to play that as a person who's not old enough to buy that game. <laughs> um, they had flock of seagulls over some neon lights, and I was in. Like that's literally that's all you have to do. I every once in a while Dylan will say something that just makes me realize how much older I am than him, <laughs> and and that that was one of them. Um, <laughs> I was plenty old to play Vice City when it came out. I was um, certainly not, and my parents' wait, friends Vice made City them out, certain how? of it. That was like 2001. Yeah, I was going to say, you would have been like nine. <laughs> and I didn't play it until I was probably a teenager. So I, I played it years after it had come out. But I, when I got Vice City, I was old enough to be going on a business trip because <laughs> I took my PlayStation 2, probably. PS, was that a PS2 game? 
Yes. Yeah. I took my PlayStation 2 and Vice City on a business trip with me to Virginia. So me and all my friends could play Vice City in our hotel room in between business meetings and such. So anyway, yeah. Um, My favorite marketing campaign, like this isn't as uh, probably as fantastic as getting a, a game with your pizza or getting a creepy Burger King man is I miss getting demo discs with magazines. Like I loved when like PC Gamer and like the Xbox magazine and all those things came with just like a big demo disc full of demos. It probably would screw up your computer by installing it. Like this was back in the day where you're like, hey, you don't want to be uninstalling and reinstalling things all the time, but you did it anyway because like the internet was, I mean, I think the thing that kids nowadays don't remember is that internet's really only been fast enough to download game demos for maybe the last 10 or 12 years. You know, when I was playing games in like when I worked at software, et cetera, from like 97 to 2000, 90, 96 to probably actually I'm going to go, I'm oh God, I'm old 95 to 99, I guess there were magazines every month that had a, a game demo on, you know, just as part of that magazine. And, you know, you could get a copy of PC Gamer for 10 bucks and it would come with all the demos you wanted to play that month because you, your internet was dial up. You couldn't download a game demo. That was not going to happen. And so when I worked at Software Etc., it was awesome because at the end of the month, we just ripped the cover off all the magazines and you'd send the cover back so that the publisher would give you the money back for it. But you just essentially throw away the magazines, but we'd keep the demo discs because it was awesome awesome all these free games that we could play that uh you wouldn't be able to get otherwise so i i miss i miss demos in magazines even though that that doesn't make any sense at all these days when you could just download a demo so yeah it's fun though i definitely didn't think about that but i do miss like the ac- official xbox magazine demo discs um even i just miss the official xbox magazine that was such a great magazine it was it, it really was anymore. Yeah. That's one of the magazines I definitely subscribed to for a, quite a while. Yeah, I love that. I loved PC Gamer, which obviously still exists, but yeah, whatever. It's all good. So, so that's what I miss. Uh, Angel Girl has a has a little question for us about being trapped in a fighting game, but we have no powers, um, and one of the characters in that game is going to protect you. The other will try and kick my butt. Which game and characters will you choose? Now she says fighting game, but I don't think she necessarily specifically means like a you know like Street Fighter, but maybe. Um, so I guess maybe maybe just to make this uh, a little bit easier. Uh, should we assume that it is actually a traditional fighting game? Yes. Yeah. So, so in a in a fighting game, who would you get to protect you from everyone else trying to beat you up? Like, is is one character so? Like I, I yeah, like I'm gonna, I'm actually I'm I'm I've thought this through. I'm gonna choose I'm gonna choose Street Fighter, um, any of them because they all have the same cast of characters, um, and I'm gonna choose uh, Zangief the big. I like, was gonna pick Zangief because he has a, hair coming out of his boots. See, <laughs> I was gonna choose him because he seems like a dude who like is a big buff massive character, but he's like very I imposing. You, he's very imposing. He seems like he could really do a lot of damage to the people trying to kill me, but also like it seems like he might be one of those big hulking dudes who's got like a super soft side and and might be you know like willing to protect a a powerless person in a game like help help out the little guy right that seems likely right yeah yeah or maybe if that doesn't work out maybe i'll uh maybe i'll pick um 
what's like the cat or the Mor- Mor- Morgan Morgana or yeah. uh, the cat girl from uh, um, Darkstalkers? Because even if they couldn't protect me, they could comfort me afterwards. That'd be yeah, okay. That'd be nice. That'd be all right. Um, turn down for what about what? that four armed guy from Mortal Kombat? Oh, yeah. He was like the end guy, right? No, maybe I didn't play a lot of Mortal Kombat. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Like I can picture yeah. him in my head now, which is creepy. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, my fighting game knowledge isn't really yeah good enough. But yeah, I don't. What I'm, about I'm the not... Street Fighter guy with the stretchy arms? I like him too. Uh, uh, Dalsim, Dol- Dals- yeah. Dals- Dals- yeah, it's been a long time close. since I played Street. I loved fighting as him though when I played Street Fighter. Love. Uh, how about Scorpion? Yeah, he's get get over here. Cool too. Get over here. They're tough. Maybe I could take. Maybe that's what the answer should have been. Is one of the guys from Mortal Kombat that literally like you know rips people's spines out and taking them over to Street Fighter. Maybe that was the the right thought. Maybe we did this wrong. That's all right. Turn down for what wants to know. This is a good question for you, Dylan. I would guess is what writer or director would you like to be involved in making video games? And if you want to expand on it, what type of games would you like them to make? We answered a similar question to this. Was it last week? Oh, crap, did I we? Think. Um, but it was specifically writer. Who but did I choose? Because now I'm, I'm I know scared. I said I want Tarantino to work with Rockstar, right? Oh, crap, I remember. remember. having this conversation. But yep. then, I mean, this gave me a great other um, answer. And I want to say Paul Thomas Anderson um, working with um, like a walking simulator type game. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson, remind me who he is. So he did such great films as uh, Boogie Nights, Punch Drunk Love, Magnolia, um, The Master, uh, There Will Be Blood. Is Magnolia Um, the one with the raining frogs? Yes. And that's exactly why um, I want him to be involved with The Walking Simulator because there's always this kind of supernaturalness to his movies but something that seems so normal um and that's i kind of want that um i think that fits well within a walking somewhere i'm thinking like a game like i still haven't played it but what remains of either finch or something you haven't played that right like I, but i've seen enough ugh. of the, the 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 game to have an idea or maybe something like firewatch where maybe there is this there's this story um about people but then there can be this weird supernatural thing yeah that that happens um throughout or i mean i just think that his vision would would mesh really well with some interesting storytelling i can get behind that i'm i'm really disappointed because i remember this question now and i a hundred percent don't remember who i chose which is going to make this kind of weird because i might just pick the same people so um i i'm pretty sure i i wrote down three but i'm just going to pick one because i'm pretty sure i did not pick this one um i would like guy Ritchie to do um like a I'm thinking like a not necessarily a beat 'em up in the traditional like side scrolling beat 'em up games. It's something with with interesting combat. Um, did you ever see the uh, Sherlock Holmes movies that mm-hmm. Guy Ritchie made? I loved the combat in those movie uh, games where great. where Sherlock Holmes would like look at the guy and go like, "Okay, so I see this, 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 this. If I hit him these ways, I'll be able to." 
defeat this this guy and i would love a like very like, and it would be a game the funny thing is is it's a game that i want to see but i would probably be terrible at and would not enjoy it all right. but i would love a, a super like combo based game where you could look at uh the bad guy and like sense what their weaknesses were via you know some sort of in-game thing and right. okay and maybe not be like uh like you know hey hit b right now to make this happen but uh, some sort of combo system where you could do things that, if you did them in the right order, would make you significantly more right. powerful or make it easy to beat beat the bad guys. Like I said, it's a game that I I can envision in my head that I can also a hundred percent envision that I would not like. Um, but maybe that's okay. The game doesn't have to be for me. It's just I think I think Guy Ritchie makes some cool movies. Right. That reminds me of. Do you remember the Fight Club game? I absolutely do not, but something um, tells me. I, I would 100% guess that the people who made the Fight Club yeah. game do not actually know what Fight Club the movie is about. <laughs> um, it was a fighting game set yep. in as Fight Club, though. And and why did this remind me of that? It was, I'm pretty sure that you would, similar to, I think, Mortal Kombat's done this in some capacity, yeah. but like the, like when you went and broke someone's bones, it would do like an X-ray, like vision of it so i'm like i'm imagining like that kind yeah. of where you could get these like exactly that. visions of certain things that could um in, infer what might be the strategy moving the forward or yeah i think um, it could be environmental you could see things right. in the area that you could use to attack people yeah right. no i've i've not played the fight club game and it sounds like they actually think fight clubs about fight right. clubs which well, it, it gave is, everyone it the, the fight club part of it um, uh-huh. <laughs> it, i remember just... it was actually good though yeah it just had nothing to do really with fight club other than like dudes fighting fight club's uh, about global capitalism yo <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a second here and i'm gonna refresh and see you can actually gonna hear me typing and see if uh xbox has released games with gold this month and they did not and i hate them for it but that's okay because in what i think is the first time ever playstation plus has actually listed what their games are going to be before uh, xbox did it's 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 very rare for that to happen, if ever. So the only cheap free games we have uh, this week are the PS Plus games. And that is uh, PS Plus, obviously, for June is Sonic Mania, which I have not played, but I've always wanted to play. It's the, the Sonic game that came out, I'm going to say, a year or two ago that was done by, I think... Effectively, like Sonic fans in the community all got together and figured out a way to make a Sonic game. And I've heard it is really, really good. It's 2D, um, supposed to be really fun. So Sonic Mania is is a cool game that I'm excited to play. Not on my PlayStation necessarily, but hey, you know, any port in a storm. Um, and then a game that I have actually purchased twice in the last three months, which makes me a little bit sad, but okay, that's fine, uh, is Borderlands The Handsome Collection. So that comes with... Um, Borderlands 2 and Borderlands the pre-sequel uh, for free on your PlayStation Plus, which, like I said, I literally bought that for my Xbox a week and a half ago. So it would have right. been way better to get it for free and play it on my PlayStation, but that's okay. So if you've not played the Borderlands games, um, I have been playing through Borderlands 2, and it is good. I don't think it 100% holds up. There's a lot of things that I think are a little bit obnoxious about it, but it's a game from, like, 
like we said, 2011, 2012. So, you know, you can only do so much 2013, somewhere in there. Uh, but this does mean that if, in fact, there is new Borderlands uh, 2 DLC coming out as part of uh, this Borderlands 3 launch, then you can grab Borderlands 2 uh, for free as part of the Handsome Collection on PS Plus and then play the new DLC and you'll be ready for uh, Borderlands 3, which is pretty cool. Um, yep. Last thing I think we want to talk about is this small bite that I forgot to make any notes about, so I don't remember what it is. Uh, do you know anything about Pokemon Masters? I don't. I just saw this, though. Like, Pokemon's announced, like, 100 games in the past right? two days. Yeah. So this is a game coming out in June. It's coming out for iOS and Android. And it will uh, feature... Oh, so this is actually... Yeah, it's going to be, uh, like, a Pokemon game in the style of, I think, um, just regular, like, mainline Pokemon games. But it's supposed to be very, like, one-button-y. Like, it's it's supposed to be... Like Super um, Mario Run. You can play it with one hand. Yeah, very mobile-friendly um very easy to play like you don't have to have a huge uh background in in you know pokemon games i'm sure it's going to be like you know nintendo for a company that i think usually is pretty good at what they do their games have been very um uh like microtransaction heavy very uh you know a lot of a lot of cost to them um, and I, I believe I read a Twitter thread that this is going to be the same way that you can expect a lot of a lot of small purchases. But if you're if you're a Pokemon player that wants to play casually on your phone in between, you know, either bigger stuff or just that's you know how you like to approach games, maybe yeah. maybe Pokemon Masters will be for you. Coming yeah. out uh, next month, so give it a go. I guess this is something that maybe like younger kids that really like playing games on phones because I've never. There's a couple things I like to play on my phone, but like I cannot do it the way I've seen nope. younger children right? um, play like Minecraft on a phone or something. I just don't. It just does not not work. But apparently, someone is thing. playing these games, so yeah. it's just yeah. not me. Yeah, I, me either. Um, like fine. literally, the only game I've ever played on my phone for any amount of time was uh, uh, Lucha Libre. Uh, burrito, uh, burrito bison game. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> love awesome. that game. Love that game. And like things like Hearthstone, like that works for me yeah. because I can play it anywhere. But ultimately, that, it's not quite the same thing. I don't think like playing turn-based games is a little different. But yeah, and I like to see that you know Nintendo is kind of trying to figure out this mobile thing. Um, but so far, nothing they've released has really drawn me in. Um, have you yeah. seen the? Have you seen any videos of the new Mario Kart game? for mobile uh, kind of it looks terrible yeah like, it, again really it's bad. not something i want yeah but i was nope. thinking about as as a riot as people were rioting over the diablo mobile experience like now after playing diablo i'm like that could work have you ever like, played like there are already diablo-esque games on the, mm -hmm. the app store no but i've played like arena valor which i feel yeah. would control in a very similar way and it like that i was so impressed by how that game worked on a mobile device that i could totally yeah. see diablo being a fine game and i understand people wanted diablo 4 and got that or whatever i don't care enough like they're gonna do what they're gonna do and i'm sure yeah. doing diablo immortal did not take away from diablo 4 in any no. way like yeah, it's, I, it's not the same thing 
Um, I'm sure they're two different teams, two different. Right. Yeah. It, like the same people weren't going to make that game if they no. weren't making that. So it's no. like I find that whole thing, that whole snafu to be just silly. Um, yep, I agree. But I'm like, yeah, I'll play Diablo on my phone now because it's yeah. an addiction. I've played. <laughs> it's like heroin. It just, it's like heroin that you carry in your phone? pocket. Yeah, I uh, I've played a couple of the kind of Diablo esque games on my phone, and they do they work really well, and they probably work even better on an iPad. Like a phone's a little, I don't know, maybe I just got big fingers. I don't know. It always seems like it, it works, but then you're like tapping, and you're tapping in front of your characters like it it almost seems like if you're going to have a diablo kind of game on the phone that instead of moving like most games seem like they kind of move they move the wrong way they were moving right to left and i really want my diablo game on my phone to move left to right right um so you're tapping in front of things in front of you not necessarily tapping in front of your character but the ones i've played have been a lot of fun i think the only reason i didn't actually continue playing was because they were i don't want to say expensive but like five or ten dollars and i didn't know if that was something i was gonna really get out of it but yeah i'll diablo immortals i'll i'm 100 behind that right. so cool well i think that is a podcast um it sure is it. do you feel good about it i do and it's funny because you say that it's like when like especially when Vinny and i are playing a game like overwatch or or rocket league and we just play really bad for a round it's like <laughs> well we played overwatch like <laughs> that was a game like we played rocket league uh, like so i don't, I don't want to give the wrong connotation with like that was a podcast because i felt good a, about that it was a good podcast yeah, like i liked it it's not it was different than that well Ooh. that was a podcast <laughs> no i every every one of our podcasts is uh top shelf i believe yeah. Five stars, if I had to say, go yep. somewhere and many one. hot dogs, mm-hmm. many hot dogs. Uh, if you like our podcast, it likes, let's say this is the first time you've ever listened to one of our podcasts. Like, first of all, that's too bad because Adam's a way better host than I am, but that's OK. I, I think um, you, this is probably the best you've done, though. So without thank Adam's you. appreciate that help. Uh, so you might want to go listen to old ones. Uh, you could go to bitemepodcast.com and it will tell you about a multitude of ways you could listen to the 130 back episodes of this podcast if you have a huge amount of time. Because that's like, I mean, what? That's like 190 hours for the podcasting. That's that's a lot of podcasting. So you could do that at bitemepodcast.com. You could go to facebook.com slash bitemepodcast or twitter.com slash bitemepodcast or facebook.com slash groups slash bitemepodcast and find all sorts of different ways to interact with us uh, on those social platforms. You could also go to bite me, bitemepodcast.com slash discord and you could come talk with us. Like literally right now, if you were in that discord, right you could be talking with me or Dylan because we're both in that discord right now. Right, yeah. Uh, right now we're going to be chatting um, in it on overwatch shortly probably true probably true um i was gonna make dinner first right but i understand literally right now joe says I, this is how i can tell you that we are talking about we are in that discord right now joe coleslaw who asked a question earlier says oh man what are cliff and el bendito rojo which is what dylan is in discord in case you're wondering gonna talk about this week he is dying from the antissa and then i guess he died it's like it's sad so i guess that's a bummer he was a, he was a patron too Oh, well. What do you do? Anyway, Dylan, lead us out, yo. Bite me. Bite me. Bite me.